0: Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number 101 of the Website Coach Podcast. And this week, I'm delving in the archives again. I'm going back to, well, the end of 2022 and an episode I did on SEO, which stands for Search Engine Optimization, otherwise known as how to get found on Google. And as website designers, we don't have a magic wand. There's nothing that we do that you can't do. I say that there's a couple of technical bits, but they really, really are at the margin. And there's lots of things that you can do. And that's really what this episode is about. It's about the fact that you can do your own SEO if you want to. You just need to know a little bit about what you're doing and what the key things are to focus on. And if you're interested in doing your own SEO, you might be interested to know that I actually have a course coming out on this um, in September. So if you're interested in that, you can drop me an email at sayhello at beyondthekitchentable.co.uk or message me on Instagram at beyondthekt and I will add you to the list and make sure that you know when it comes out. So that's it. On with the episode. Hello, welcome to episode number 61 of the Website Coach podcast and this week I'm going to talk about SEO and specifically whether you can do your own SEO or if you're outsourcing it what you need to look out for. This is prompted by a couple of conversations that I've had recently where potential clients have had somebody else do their SEO in the past or they're talking to other website developers who are emphasizing the SEO work that they do on websites as part of their website design and build services. Quite frankly, I wonder exactly what they're doing for clients other than bamboozling them with a load of jargon and charging them more. Yes, I know, I'm cynical. (laughs) SEO, that stands for Search Engine Optimization, and don't worry, I'm going to explain it a bit more in a minute, is not a dark art despite what some people might have you believe. A website designer or developer doesn't do some magic in the back of your website that suddenly makes you appear at the top of Google. Yes, there used to be some shady practices that worked before, but with each Google algorithm update, these no longer work. And I don't know about you, but I prefer to do things that work long-term rather than trying to keep ahead of an algorithm that gets updated many times every year. And it's that good practice that I'm going to cover in this episode. So there are no SEO hacks here because I just don't believe in them. I've talked about SEO in the podcast before. It's a very, very popular topic. So episode four was how to get your website found on Google. And episode 34, seven effective SEO tips you can implement. And what is SEO? Well, SEO, search engine optimization, It's basically work you do to improve your position on the search engine results page. No, I didn't say it's work you do on your website. It's work you do because not everything is to do with your website. And there are things that you can do to improve your position on the search engine results page. So it's not that I do not believe in SEO. As mentioned on previous episodes on SEO, Google and other search engines are seeking the best results every single search that you type in. If you're searching for, I don't know, say a website designer in Seven Oaks. Now, obviously you don't need to do that because I'm here. You don't want a website designer in Manchester or a social media manager in Seven Oaks or anything else. And Google wants to give you what you've asked for. Ideally, it wants to give you the best options because there are more website designers in Seven Oaks than there are spaces on page one of Google. And there are enough businesses that want to rank that term, even if they're not website designers in Seven Oaks, to fill far more spots than that. And Google wants to give you the best results. And the reason it wants to do that is so you come back and use Google again. So to me, there are five steps to SEO. You do not necessarily need to do all five to rank. But more importantly, by considering them as five discrete action areas, you can look at which ones you might do yourself and which ones you might want to outsource, either now or in the future. So what are they? Well, the first one is keyword research. You will not rank anything unless you're writing about it on a page on your website. So if you want to rank for, I don't know, Yoga Tunbridge Wells, you need those words in your copy and preferably in your page title, URL, etc. And you need them in the copy on the page you want to rank because Google looks at individual pages. Now, there are some people out there who try to be clever and call their business something completely unrelated because they're using an analogy so, for example, something like Beyond the Kitchen Table, which, of course, is the name of my business. So, in the first version of my website, I talked about how businesses are planned and built at the kitchen table. and went on an awful lot about kitchen tables, which meant that I was actually starting to rank for the term kitchen table, <laughs> even though that's not what I do. Ah, uh, I don't know, ridiculous, but I have clearly changed the copy on page one of my website on the homepage but you do need to be explicit because Google looks at words. It doesn't look at what the meaning beyond those words might be. So the very first thing you need to do is decide what you want to rank for. And you do need to take into account how competitive those phrases are and whether you've got a chance of ranking for them. So, you know, I wouldn't try and compete with the likes of Amazon, John Lewis, Marks and Spencers, or any of the really big um, companies. Now you can outsource that keyword research. There are people who specialize in this area or you can do it yourself. Now if you're going to outsource it, please bear in mind that if it's done properly, it takes several hours so it's not cheap. You see, if you do it yourself, you can do it piecemeal. So you can do a bit, then you can write about that and then you can come back and do a bit more. And if you're using somebody to generally do your SEO, ask them whether they are doing keyword research. If they are, I'd ask them to share the results with you. And check that they have a list that you agree with. As I mentioned, you can do it yourself. Think about what someone searching for a service you offer would type into Google. Come up with a long list and then look at who currently ranks for these. Are you able to compete? So the second area is relevant content. The next task is to write copy and have a page or a blog post. It's the same thing as far as Google is concerned. Have a page written for each phrase you want to rank for. So each phrase you want to rank for should have its own page. If you're, say, a wedding photographer, wanting to rank for several venues, just listing them all on one page, or even more than once on a page, it's unlikely to get you ranking highly for any of them. You need to write a page for each one. It's one of the reasons I love blogging, actually, is because you can write a blog post for each thing that you actually want to rank for. (laughs) Yes, that takes time and effort. I never said this was easy. (laughs) And again, it can be outsourced. And if you want to outsource this, I'd outsource to a copywriter. Not a web developer, though, because copywriters tend to rank better content for humans, which is a vitally important tractor. Just check that any copywriter you use has basic SEO knowledge. And of course, you can write it yourself. And if you're outsourcing SEO as a whole, ask whether they are writing copy or whether they're refining copy you have written, because a few tweaks can make a big difference. Or are they going through and ensuring each page or blog post is optimised for keyword? I've got a checklist that you can download if you want to do this yourself. Just go to beyondthekitchentable.co.uk slash downloads and there is one there which is called the SEO checklist. There's a link to it in the show notes. And if you've got a WordPress website, then a tool like Yoast, which is a WordPress plugin, is good for letting you know whether you've hit a checklist like this. Yoast does not do your SEO for you. Only it was that simple. But what it does do is give you a checklist which you can use for each page that you're working on. But the most important thing with website copy is to make it readable for your audience and think about what you want them to do next. There's absolutely no point getting a lot of website traffic via SEO and either them leaving straight away because what you've written is not great Or them not then taking the action you want them to take. Because ultimately, you want clients, (laughs) not just traffic from SEO. So your web page needs to work for both SEO and conversion. Third area is backlinks. So you need to get backlinks from other good websites, not spammy ones, in order to do well on SEO. A backlink is a link to your website from another website. And Google considers links from other websites to be a vote how trustworthy or authoritative you are. And with equally good content, because remember, content does come first, Google will rank pages which it considers to be more trustworthy or authoritative higher than ones it considers less. Now, backlinks aren't the only factor that go into this score, but they are a key one. And getting backlinks, for example, from professional organizations, guest blogging, etc., is a key part of any SEO strategy. Again, this is time-consuming. And I know this because getting backlinks has been a key part of my own SEO strategy. And it's very much a long-term game. And if you're outsourcing your SEO, then ask whether they are seeking backlinks. And if so, how? what you don't want is for them to get backlinks from a whole load of uh, irrelevant directories which just list loads of websites because it's that kind of thing that Google will eventually realize is spammy and will crack down on and could even penalize you. I've seen that happen before. So the fourth area is some tech refinements because some tech refinements on your website will help. And the three areas I've talked about before now are all ones that you can do Yourself um, very easily. You might choose not to because I do believe that you should all we should all keep within our zone of genius. But it is something that we can do ourselves, and we can do it. We can take our time over it when we've when we've got the time to do it. But some of these tech refinements are ones you can do yourself, and some is you would need an expert to help you because this is the area where a professional website designer or developer can make a difference. So, what are these tech refinements? Well, first of all. Websites which are not secure, which don't have something called an SSL certificate, or are not mobile responsive will perform badly. So, how do you know whether your website is secure and whether it's responsive? Well, I'm going to come on to that. So, we include SSL certificates in our website hosting and maintenance plans. And more importantly, we will install it for you. If you don't have an SSL certificate, You will not see the little padlock sign before your website URL in the address window. (coughs) So first of all, I suggest seeing if your website host provides one. Some will charge extra for this, which is a bit cheeky in my view. But even if they do charge a bit more, it is the easiest option to get the one from your host. Otherwise, you can get them online. So Let's Encrypt is a good, free, reputable option and I will link to Let's Encrypt in the show notes. Is your website mobile responsive? Well, you can check whether Google considers it to be mobile-friendly at search.com, Sorry, search.google.com slash test slash mobile hyphen friendly. And again, I'll put that link in the show notes. Any website built now either by a professional or by yourself, should be mobile responsive. Unless you're hand-coding it or using a builder which doesn't build in a mobile responsive way. And to be honest, it's only if your website is more than about three years old that it's unlikely to be. And as I say, you can check at that address that I've just given you. And if it isn't, it's worth considering getting a new one built. And it goes without saying that the websites I build are always mobile responsive. Website speed is another tech factor. I did a whole podcast episode on how to speed up your website. That's going back to episode eight. Large image files are the biggest cause of slow websites, and they are the easiest to fix. There are a couple of factors to image file size. One is the pixel size, and the other is the quality of images. You don't need high-res images on a website. Hosting is the next speed factor. I think it's important to recognize that not all website hosting is equal. Cheaper hosting is often slow. The hosting that I use and recommend, SiteGround, is very fast for the cost of it. Yes, you can get faster hosting, definitely, but you end up paying a lot more. And then finally, there's some fine tuning that can be done to speed up your website further including properly outsourcing optimizing the size of images. This does require some technical knowledge though, so I suggest you do outsource this bit unless you understand the likes of caching. But as I hope you've realized, this is only one of a number of factors in SEO. There are lots of other things you can do first. And I'll confess, (laughs) I have not fully optimised my own website from a tech point of view. Just like a cobbler has the worst shoes, website designer websites often fall to the bottom of their own to-do list. But I still rank highly on several search terms. In fact, I'd say I punch my above my weight due to making sure I do the other things that I've talked about in this episode. So there is one search term, for example, which I even rank above Forbes, which is Obviously, a very trustworthy and authoritative website. Quite proud of that one. And just final thing on tech issues, which is that an out-of-the-box WordPress website is technically better than the likes of Wix SEO. Although Wix has improved a lot in this respect in the past few years. And it's one of quite a number of reasons why I prefer WordPress. So the fifth area of SEO that I want to talk about, and the final one, is design and write for humans. Because there is a danger in designing and building a website purely for SEO, which is that it doesn't work for human visitors. And that kind of misses the point. So human visitors need websites which are engaging, show them how you help them, and take them through your website, giving them the information they need to know to make the decision to take the next logical step in working with you. So one designed purely for SEO wouldn't have any images because images, even properly optimised, slow down websites and they would be written in a way to emphasise the keywords you want to get found for. And of course the issue with this is that visitors won't stay on your website for long. They might not necessarily get the information they need and therefore they're less likely to take the action you want them to take. From an SEO point of view, Time that visitors spend on your website is an important factor. Google tracks this. It tracks how long people spend on a website. Yes, Google knows an awful lot. It's pretty scary. But if visitors are clicking off quickly, Google realises this is, this is not a good result. And therefore, over time, it will demote that result, promoting another one which visitors do seem to like because they stay long. But in any event, It's not a good strategy to build purely for SEO. You want to use SEO to get visitors, but it's vitally important that once they get to your website, it's optimised for conversions. So, as we come towards the end of this episode, I hope you've realised that there are a lot of parts to SEO. And you don't need to do everything to rank. Although I will caution, for the more competitive terms, you'll need to do more than for the less competitive terms. That's where keyword research comes in. And even if you're interested in getting help with SEO, I suggest you think about which elements are your priority and who is best placed to help with each of these. You might conclude it's better to do some of these yourself. And if you're talking to someone about SEO services, ask which of these bits they will be doing for you. Because many just focus on the tech aspects, which is absolutely useless if your content doesn't contain the keywords you want to rank for. And if they're writing or amending your content, just check their writing skills, won't you? It's very easy to shoehorn keywords into a page, but not quite so easy to do so in a way that makes sense for a reader. And remember. Excuse me. The most important factor is writing about what you want to be found for, but in a way that works for humans too. Then I would make sure your website has an SSL certificate and is mobile responsive. And another easy win from an SEO point of view is to resize any large images. This is good for your visitors anyway because it makes your website load faster. Then I'd focus on getting some backlinks before even thinking about some of the more difficult technical adjustments to your website. And if you think this is all too much, then there are, of course, other ways to get visitors to your website. SEO is not the only show in town. Your website can then focus on the job it should do best, which is getting visitors to take the action you want them to take. Be that buy now, schedule an appointment book a call or whatever it might be. So there's quite a lot of action points in this episode. (laughs) I know I'm adding to your to-do list and you might decide that SEO is just not a route that you want to take and that's also fine because when we're running a small business, you know, we're trying to wear a lot of hats and there's only so much time and only so many things we can do. So I always say, and I talk about this a lot in my marketing membership, is to focus, you know, do one thing and do it well but maybe that is SEO. And there are certainly some very easy things that you can do before you get to anything more complicated. But I'd love to know, if you are taking action from this episode, please do let me know. You can email me at say hello at beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, or you can uh, drop me a DM on Instagram, which is the platform that I'm most active on and I'm at beyond the KT. So that's it for this week. Hope you have a good week and I will see you next week.